Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciples ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths were there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that has covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. And then the other disciples also went in. The one who arrived first at the tomb and saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. Gospel of the Lord. It used to be in Christian cultures that during the Easter season, people would greet one another in a different way. They met on the street, one would say, the Lord is risen, alleluia. And the other would say, the Lord is truly risen, alleluia. We don't do that today. But it was a recognition of the fact that something had happened. That the world had experienced something it had never experienced before. Everything was changed from beginning to end and from bottom to top. The universe was changed. All of creation was changed. And a great victory had been won. Remember Pope Benedict said, I did not make you for the dungeon." Come out. In this Easter hour, let us ask the Lord to visit the dungeons of this world, the prisons which are hushed by a propaganda 
that knows no truth. In which there is disinformation keeping us in the dark, constituting our dungeon. Come out. I, your God, have become your son. I did not make you to be in prison forever. Something has happened. When you read the resurrection accounts, there are times confusing. They almost seem to be contradictory. People see different things at different times. What's the surprise? Something unthinkable had happened. Something that no one could possibly have grasped. And the reaction is always very different to it. You know, from time to time in history, it seems we human beings have a certain contempt for matter. You know, we think, like with, with the Gnostics and the Manichees and the Albigensians, we thought spirit was good, matter was evil. God created spirit, an evil force created matter. And therefore, hopefully at some point, we would transition into pure spirit and we'd be perfect. But God didn't do that. God created, and matter is good. I'm putting this in kind of a strange way, but God seems to have had a lot of fun with matter. There's a lot of it out there, uh, of various kinds. And much of it is very beautiful. And what isn't is what isn't because of what we did through through original sin and personal sin. That ruined it. But basically, matter is good. Now, of course, we can use matter incorrectly. We can turn matter in on ourselves. Try to get every last ounce of possession and pleasure out of it. But in fact, again, matter is good. As long as matter is responsive to reason, and reason is responsive to faith and grace. In fact, so much so that God, to redeem us, took matter and spirit in the Incarnation. That was necessary. In order for there to be redemption, there has to be matter. But again, matter was damaged by the fall. But now something different happens. Our Lord, after seemingly being destroyed, breaks out and transforms our human nature and our human body into something of glory. He breaks all the chains. He destroys the power of earth to hold on to us any longer. Now, (laughs) this is really extraordinary, isn't it? This experience is out of our comprehension, and yet it is utterly real and utterly present. Is it true? Are we as people, modern people, supposed to believe this kind of testimony? Our enlightened world, so to speak, would say no. With all the discoveries and the 
scientific re revolution in the understanding of matter, we will have to rethink the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you can't understand it? Because something has happened that goes beyond your comprehension? Because so far you haven't been able to deal with this reality. Something beyond our experience has happened. Why can't God do that? Why wouldn't God do that? Why is the resurrection not reasonable? In some ways, the whole world longs for it. Without realizing it, always had. We long for the perfection and the glorification of who we are, including our bodies. There is <clears throat> what Pope Benedict called <clears throat> and again, in quotes, an evolutionary leap. I like that term. Not in Darwin's sense. Uh, Darwin could never have seen this. Uh, an evolutionary leap from what we know to what we don't know and yet what we want so desperately to be. And we were made for it. Look at today's gospel. Mary Magdalene goes and sees the tomb is empty. Now, there's a lot of other things going on here, too. But as I said, not every gospel has everything in it. <clears throat> and she runs to whom? Simon Peter. Always St. Peter. And to the other disciple, <clears throat> the one whom Jesus loved, <clears throat> and told them they have taken the Lord from the tomb. <clears throat> and we don't know where they put him. He's been telling them about the resurrection from the dead, but they couldn't grasp it. Remember on the way down from the Mount of Transfiguration, they kept saying, what does it mean to rise from the dead? They were afraid to ask him. And so now it's happened, but they don't know it. So they come. <clears throat> and again, notice what happens. Um, the other disciple reaches the tomb first, but out of respect for Peter, doesn't go in. When St. Peter arrives, <clears throat> um, then he goes in, and the other disciple after him, and they see the cloths there, and they still don't understand. You know, it was so hard for them to grasp this. They kept wanting to think they were seeing a ghost. They didn't want to believe our Lord had risen from the dead body, blood, soul, and divinity. And our Lord kept saying to them, I am not a ghost. What did he, do? He, showed them, he said, look at my hands and my side. He showed them the nail marks. He said, this is who I am. I bear the marks of of the nails for all eternity. In fact, we can refer to the eternal freshness of the wounds of Christ, by which we are constantly being drawn up into him. He bears these as a marks of not defeat, but victory. And again, that's how they recognized him. I always say, often say this at funerals. <clears throat> they didn't recognize him by his majestic appearance or by the power of his voice or by his smile. <clears throat> they recognized him by his wounds. And eventually he had to say to them, give me something to eat. And he ate it in front of them. You see, it is really I. I have risen from the dead. So here we are, rejoicing in this great event. Uh, this, is, this is the reason for hope, why we should never lose it. Our Lord has conquered everything that would have tried to destroy him and tried to destroy us. Whatever it might be, he's conquered it. He's destroyed it, buried it, 
Once again, the earth has been wounded. Once and for all. The wound is the wound of an empty tomb. The earth cannot hold on to us again. But that wouldn't be enough either, would it, for God? It's already wonderful enough that he's done this and promised us this. But we would say, well, very well, but what am I supposed to do meanwhile? Where is your resurrection now? How do I experience it? You see how everything, particularly today, comes back to where we are. He suffered and died. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, sent the Holy Spirit. Is that all? No, it is not. The resurrection is always with us. In fact, without the Eucharist, we will never be able to fully appreciate the reality of Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. That's who becomes present here. And that's why we didn't celebrate Mass on Good Friday, because when our, our, our Lord comes to us in his risen body and blood, and the Church then for all these centuries has never celebrated Mass on that day. And so we have come here not simply to listen to it, to think about it, but to actually see, experience, and if we are prepared to receive the resurrection into ourselves. So that for us, that day, which is who knows when in our lives, and who knows when the end of the world will be in the resurrection of the, all the bodies of the dead, but for us, it's already here. It's already part of who we are. It's just one more step for us into the resurrection. So we are part of this evolutionary leap, as Pope Benedict called it. And we now go into that mystery. Uh, that's so exciting. Don't you think we ought to want to tell the world about that? That the resurrection is not just something in your mind, not just something in the scriptures, it's something that's a reality. And I will tell you what it is, and I will take you there if you want to go. Uh, because the Lord would not leave us without his resurrection. He didn't just come to tell us stories. He didn't just come to remain with us uh, in dim memories. He came to remain with us as he came, now until the end of time. And thank God he has brought us to the resurrection. And thank God we eventually will move into the perfection of it. Let us pray. Almighty Father, <clears throat> we come before you rejoicing in the resurrection of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs of the resurrection, visible signs of the Eucharist, especially the church suffering and the church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. Lord For all nations of the world, especially our own, we may come to know Jesus Christ, risen from the dead and know his church, we pray to the Lord. Lord For all those who are sick and suffering, the lonely, the frustrated, and the confused, they may know the joy of the resurrection in their sufferings. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith and hope, we pray to the Lord. Lord for greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our 
for an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life. Those young men and women will be visible signs of Jesus Christ and his victory for a greater reverence for the witness of marriage and the single life. We pray to the Lord. For our administrator, our future bishop, our priests, deacons, seminarians, and the American hierarchy, they in particular, rejoicing in the resurrection, will be signs of that to our world. In their priesthood, we pray to the Lord. Lord For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. They, in particular, may know the joy of the risen Christ in his presence. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that we in our own lives will experience the resurrection and through the Eucharist we receive the world may know of his presence. We pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the mother of the resurrection as we sing. 